welcome to The Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Denham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. If you're new here, I'm Helen. I'm a confidence and business mentor for women, and my whole purpose is to help you clear out any mental or spiritual blocks that are keeping you from leading the most happy, fulfilling, successful life that you could possibly lead. This podcast is about diving into the root core issues that keep us from living in that highest vibration, learning how to alchemize that, and above all, holding space for our humanity as we explore the depths of what it means to be human back at it again. We've got a lovely episode ahead of us. We're going to talk about three secrets for unleashing your potential. And this idea came to me on my uh, road trip back from New York. I was just there for a few days and had such a great time being in like, first of all, in a think tank with myself driving down. It's about five and a half to six hours to drive down there from Portland. And I freaking love taking road trips because you really get in these containers where you can put yourself under the microscope and really take a look at what your thought process has been like. I often will just turn on my voice notes in the car and kind of have like a talk therapy session with myself and just purge and release. And it's part of the reason why I love traveling so much because of these really sacred times where you're kind of off the grid a little bit, or you're just at least with yourself and uh, in introspection in so many ways for an extended period of time. So the last few days have just been so healing. I love that we're in a new month. We all get a fresh start, a clean slate. Uh, we are just about to close out our intense eclipse portal on Friday. This is an eclipse in the sign of Scorpio. It's in the south node, which is all about kind of that dark goddess energy, that very emotional watery energy and that Scorpio archetype. And the south node is all about release purging, I would even say excavation and kind of clearing out cobwebs in the psyche and in the subconscious. So if you feel like you have been releasing a lot and a lot has been coming up that may have not been coming up before, like acknowledgments of some of the deeper parts of self, you're certainly not alone there. And I touched on this in my last solo episode that I'd been kind of going through this rock bottom in the month of April. Like it seemed like everything was crashing and burning, but in those moments I've learned to get really curious about it and kind of like excited by it in a weird way. Cause I'm like, if everything is crumbling right now, there's an amazing lesson on the other side of this. And yeah, part of my lesson was like learning that it's okay to be vulnerable and peel back the curtain a little bit. Um, I talk so openly on this podcast about what I'm navigating, whether it's on the back end in business or in my personal life and everything. And sometimes I do wonder, I'm like, um, should I be that transparent about what's going on? Like, are people going to think that, you know, are they still going to hold me to the same standard that they've always held me to? But when I really thought about it, especially over the last few days, as I turned this page, as we all turn this page into this new month and new season, um, I was like, you know what? trust is built on that. Trust is built on authenticity and vulnerability and not pretending like we have it together all the time, but more like when we don't have it together, how do we pick ourselves up and how do we move forward? And do we crush ourselves under our own pressure that we put on ourselves or do we rise to meet an occasion that's presenting a challenge? So yeah, I've just gone through a lot recently about learning that, first of all, it's okay to change my mind. There's no really such thing as being 
wrong per se, because everything is a lesson. I know we all talk about that so much, but it's really been put into practice for me. And in moments where I've been like, you know, am I wrong about something? Have I been too loud about this? Or have I been judgmental about these things um, toward myself, toward other people? So I have been really reflecting on how to, you know, address certain things going forward in my own internal space. And as I speak out on social media, honestly, about certain things. And I came to the conclusion that my rule of thumb for myself will be to not post out of anger ever, because I think like I, uh, if I see someone post something that bothers me or, you know, anything I like, I, sometimes I call it out. Sometimes I'm like, okay, this is harmful to this community or I'll call something out. Um, and I noticed that in the recent past, I would do that from more of a reactionary space. So my intention going forward is to share on topics that I'm passionate about from a responsive gentle space so that there's not an attack of any kind going on. So I'm being, I'm just being very forgiving with myself for moments in which I might've been a little aggressive about things that I'm passionate about, or, you know, how I can just be more loving every single day. That's just the whole journey and being compassionate with myself in spaces where I still have room to grow there. And honestly, I have been listening to this podcast called the witch trials of JK Rowling. I think that's what it's called published by the the free press podcast. And I listened to that. It's like a multi-part series, but it's a very interesting series that I would recommend we all listen to if you have a, if you have a little while and you want to pick up a new interesting podcast. Um, it just talks even more about cancel culture and labeling people when we don't know the whole story. For those of you who aren't familiar, J.K. Rowling was outspoken against um, trans people in in one way, but you realize that there's so much more going on to the story, and that uh, there was kind of a witch hunt against J.K. Rowling and. Um, it's just a beautiful holistic viewpoint at all sides of the story and giving light and life to all perspectives. Um, yeah, I won't say much more about that, but I think it's important to listen to because we live in such a polarizing culture right now where either you're right or you're wrong or you're good or you're bad, all these things. And most of the time we're in a gray zone in reality. So I think like the more that we can seek out ways in which we can expand the understanding of like, oh, we're all going through this human experience together and not like shun people for what we might disagree with them upon. I think we'd have a healthier society. So I'm, I'm really observing myself and where I might judge people or jump on someone that I don't agree with and where I can expand my heart space to say, okay, um, even if I don't agree with them, how can I still respect them? Or how can I still, you know, see them as a, another human that's also doing their best. So those are my takeaways recently, but anyways, those are my little updates from my internal compass and my internal experiences. And I hope that those will give you some validating moments into anything that you may have been experiencing. And again, just to be really compassionate and gentle with what triggers might be coming up right now. Um, I see themes of inner child healing really coming to the surface. Um, I have even noticed that when I get triggered and my inner child gets triggered, my, I can almost feel my brain shifting into the child brain. It's almost like, um, a fuse changes or some, some kind of electrical circuit shifts around when the childhood brain is activated and it's come up. Like I can tell when it comes up in like almost visceral moments, my inner child wounding has been activated in two very particular times over the last six months based 
first around either appearance or safety. And both times that I've been super triggered, I have felt the trigger come up, like almost bubble up in my brain my brain changes and I I almost have trouble like pulling it back, pulling it back to the rational mind. So another piece of my work going forward now is like recognizing when my brain is going through that shift, when I'm super triggered and figuring out how to alleviate that pain. And like, I think it comes down to breathing, to be honest, because the breath will always bring us back into the body and back home because when we get triggered, we leave the body a lot of the time. We like, we just get out of our body. We get into this irrational state. So the breath always brings us back to the body. So I'm just learning how to experiment with that. And also again, back to this point of being gentle with ourselves, if these, if, and when these triggers do come up and you might feel shame or embarrassment or, you know, confusion around why it's coming up or why you're feeling low or in a rut or like sad in a moment or, you know, or you're self-sabotaging in some ways. It just helps so much to be forgiving with ourselves in those spaces and then set an intention for how we'd like to evolve going forward and move out of that shame sooner rather than later. Yeah, I keep remembering, you know, it's it's okay to, you got to feel it to heal it. In fact, why don't we just get into the actual podcast like title now? Because my first point on how to unleash your potential is feel it to heal it. So the first step to unleashing your potential, feel it to heal it. I think we often will suppress our feelings because we think it makes us strong not to feel the heavier emotions. We're like, okay, this is where my strength is. My strength comes from just like powering through, bulldozing through, and eventually those heavier feelings will just fall by the wayside. But in reality, they become like fossil fuels. They just like stack and stack and stack and they get more potent over time and It's just so important on any of our journeys, whether it's in business, relationships, self-healing, you name it, to really address those denser points of self, the the parts of self that we're most scared to look at, which we would call shadow work. Carl Jung really coined that term, you know, shadow work, uh, where we, we dive deep into those places that feel really scary. So that really, that really means sitting with yourself. And allowing those parts to come up in a safe environment, which is why meditation is, I think, our most powerful tool. If we can just sit still, just sit still and let it come up. And I noticed when I was teaching meditation classes more regularly, people would have emotional responses all the time to simply the silence because not a lot of people give themselves the time and space to sit, witness, feel, and heal. So that's my first, my first tip, my first secret for unleashing your potential is one that is not so much a secret. I think most of us know this, but the sooner that we are willing to get in there and dig around and ask ourselves what needs to come up to be purged and released, the sooner that we're going to be able to have those quote unquote quantum leaps and the sooner that we're going to be able to transcend the pain points that we experience and the suffering that we experience. And the only way out is through this stuff can't be ignored. So 
of course, a lot of it does revert back to childhood wounding, but it might be things that you're still holding on to that have you questioning your self-worth. Like maybe there's a relationship that you haven't let go of yet where it's keeping you in this loop of suffering and questioning your worthiness and you're always comparing yourself. Or, you know, maybe it's something that happened in college where you got a bad grade on something, but something about that sticks with you and it makes you question your readiness and your worthiness. Um, so the sooner that we can take a look at some of these looping thoughts that kind of hang out in the peripherals there, the sooner that we can move through. So feel it to heal it. And sometimes that really does mean getting in a container where you can be held in a compassionate and safe space. So maybe that means going to a breathwork class, or maybe that means getting a Reiki session from somebody or entering a coaching or mentorship program, whatever it means and whatever's going to help you to bring those to the surface so that, you know, they're not compressing and stacking in your subconscious, because I do believe that that leads to dis-ease in one way or the other. So it's a constant process alchemizing these emotions and new things are always coming up. But I think our response time to healing gets a lot faster, the more used to these practices we get. So return to your practices, ask yourself the difficult questions in your journal, really write down what needs to come up? What am I not being honest about? Where am I glazing over some really important healing points? And then also what's going well? You know, we talk about feel it to heal it as it relates to shadow work, but let's also bring to mind what's going well celebrate your wins. It's not cocky. It's not weird to do it. Like really take a minute to think about what is going well in your life and tap into that gratitude. And I had this major download as I was driving back about gratitude because I know that gratitude is so powerful. And, but recently I've been like, okay, well, I can't really keep telling people just like tap into your gratitude practice. There's not enough potency in that. And so I was thinking to myself, like, what's the missing link there in the gratitude practice? The missing link I find to be is the emotional response. What we want to do with a gratitude practice is elicit an emotional response. How do we do that? Ask yourself why you're grateful for what you are grateful for. So for example, I'm really grateful for my car. Now, if I just say like, I'm grateful for my car, I don't really have an emotional response to that. I'm like, okay, I'm grateful for my car. Why am I grateful for my car? I'm grateful for my car because my car has taken me across the country. My car has led me to the most beautiful sights in the world. My car makes me feel like I'm living in luxury. My car makes me feel safe. I can sleep in my car. My car allows me to listen to amazing music when I drive and listen to great podcasts. I feel like if even if I got in a car accident, I'd be super safe in that car. My car makes me feel free, like I could leave at any time and, and go on a camping trip or something. My car gives me a sense of abundance and prosperity. That literally going through that in my head as I was driving, like made me emotional. I teared up. I was like, I love my car. I was like patting the steering wheel. I was like, I love you so much. So that's what we want with a gratitude practice. We want to elicit an emotional response. So I really encourage you next time you're diving into your practices or your rising rituals, when you're doing your gratitude, even your affirmations, move through the emotional response that you're trying to elicit from that. So you can do it with anything, like, especially if you have like a, a pet, like a, a furry friend, a furry family member. Like, it's weird to call our pets pets. Like, I just feel like our pets are family. There's so much more than that. Don't even get me started. Um, 
So really, yeah, exactly. Move through that emotional response that comes with gratitude to make that a more potent practice for yourself. So that's my first secret. Feel it to heal it. Feel it in the shadow realm and feel it in the positive realm where you can really amp up that positive emotion. That creates magnetism right there. When you really get into that point of gratitude, because law of attraction is really about emotion. It's about frequency. When you are in an emotional state of prosperity and abundance and you're already feeling it, that means you're already existing in it. That means it's already here in your present and it collapses time and space and it helps you to attract more of that because you attract what you are. So when you're in that high flying disc, as Abraham Hicks calls it, you are attracting more of you based on that feeling. So it's not that we can't attract when we're sad or anything. We absolutely can, but wouldn't it feel so much better if we attracted from a high flying disc of abundance and well-being? Love it. Okay. Number two, develop a growth mindset. So for unleashing your potential, the second way to unleash your potential is to develop a growth mindset. Don't be afraid to be wrong. So many of us just hold ourselves back or we're afraid to post something or afraid to send out this newsletter or we're afraid to speak up to our family or our friends or in a boardroom or something because we're so terrified of being wrong and villainized. But the sooner that we can, first of all, admit to being wrong, if we're wrong, like it's okay. Just say, oh my God, I was wrong. And um, I'm so excited and grateful to have been learning from that. Like there really are no mistakes or failures when you take it from that lens. And I think Michelle Obama has been talking about this a lot on her, on her book tour, her press tour for that book. She talks a lot about failure and how it's, there really is no such thing. And I know this is something that we talk about a lot on this podcast in general, but leaning into it, leaning into that feeling of failure instead of running away from it when it comes up, because it's going to come up. If you're growing, you're failing in parts of that. So just keep, keep going. Um, I was listening to Aubrey Marcus's podcast interview on the diary of a CEO as well. And it's just, I love listening to interviews with really powerful entrepreneurs and leaders because the whole path to success is failure. They learn something extremely important from every failed business. They start every failed venture, every failed relationship. And it's, there are lessons that have to be learned. Um, and there's really no way else to get there. Like, plus think of like, think of not having failure or having difficulty in life. Life would be so boring. Even when you think of like a heart scan on a, uh, what's that called? I don't know. When you think of a heartbeat, you know, a photo of a heartbeat where it's going up and down, up and down. When, when you're not alive, you're flatlining. And I think the same thing goes for energetics. We want to have these peaks and valleys to be keeping ourselves on our toes and keeping ourselves alive. Otherwise, if it was all like, quote unquote, good, it wouldn't be good. It would be dead. It'd be a flat line. We've got to have some diversity in our experience. So the more that we can look at failure or feeling like we're wrong as opportunity, the faster we're going to be to ha- be able to have those quantum leaps and the, the faster we're going to be able to unleash our potential. We don't even know our potential until we reach it. And we're, we're not going to be able to even unleash that or feel it until we're at the precipice of some new big challenge. We don't know what we're really made of until we're given a challenge. And if we don't meet that challenge the first time, at least we have the tools to try it again. So, so much about growing in life as well is about the willingness to pick ourselves up again and again and again and again and again. That's resilience. That's tenacity. And 
I think it gets easier over time with that mindset shift of having that growth mindset. That's like, if I fall and when I fall, it doesn't make me incapable. It doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't make me a failure at all. I'm just going to get back up again and take specific note of what I just learned from this. So I think that's our, that's our second point. Develop a growth mindset. Don't be afraid to be wrong. Don't be afraid to admit when you're wrong. Don't be afraid. Just own it. Freaking own it. Like there, honestly, like nothing can really harm you if you own it. Um, I even had like a, a funny hate comment come in on uh, TikTok the other day. They were like, you just look so creepy when you're smiling in that meditation. And I was like, yeah, it looks a little weird. It's like that those words have no power over us unless we give it a voice and we give it acknowledgement and we give it the same negativity back. Like just own it. Like own who you are. Own your weirdness. Own your own your loudness. Own own who you are and just be okay with that. So, little tangent moment there. Number 3 our third secret, our third and final for unleashing your power. Seek out new experiences. Seek out new experiences. So this is reminding me of this study about dementia that people can avoid having dementia and Alzheimer's even by taking new routes around their local neighborhood. So taking a road that they've never taken before and going into a new grocery shop, for example, or going to get your nails done at a new spot. It keeps our neural pathways open and flexible, open to change, locked in and alive and super helpful. So I take the same approach to new experiences and continuing to meet and release our potential is, you know, putting yourself directly in the way of new experiences and even experiences that potentially make you uncomfortable, probably definitely uncomfortable because on the other side of discomfort is, is growth, right? So I truly believe that we reveal ourselves to ourselves in a new experience. And I'll never forget like the first solo trip, the first big solo trip I ever took was to the Turks and Caicos. I did this like solo trip to the islands and Um, It was the first time I'd truly ever been alone, like in that big kind of environment where I was organizing everything and I was renting the car for the first time on my own. And I remember going to rent, I was actually renting a scooter because scooters were how everybody got around the islands there. And I was speaking to the woman that was setting me up and I didn't even recognize myself. And I realized it's because I'd never really been alone in that environment before. And I was very shy. This was probably 10 years ago. I was so shy to talk to her and like get my scooter and get all set up. And it really made me realize like so much of our identities before we awaken and really step into our power and our conscious selves are dependent on the people around us. We truly do become who we are. We really mirror each other in social settings. And this is where kind of like mass or mob or, you know, cult mindset comes about because we all mirror each other. We all start to think alike. So that can be really positive too. There can be that beautiful communal aspect where we're all moving toward a common mission. But when, when it comes down to like who you are, like who you are and knowing yourself and unleashing your potential, it's really interesting to put yourself in new experiences where you get to meet yourself almost for the first time in a new way. You get to show yourself what you're really made of and observe where you're still holding yourself back or where you're still uh, playing small. So I would say intentionally get yourself into those places, into the unknown. It doesn't have to be a big solo trip. It could just be going to like 
a new event alone or some communal gathering where you feel just anywhere where you're going to feel out of your element. I think it's really good and healthy for us to push ourselves to, to navigate that and to see what's up there. For example, when I was in New York, I just, I was walking through Williamsburg and I just gone to Whole Foods to grab some, a snack. And, um, on my way back to the hotel, I saw this, uh, poetry reading going on in one of the bookstores. And I just popped my head. I was like, what's going on in here? And this, this wonderful girl outside, she was like, or woman, she was like, oh yeah, come on in. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll go in there. And Um, I sat in the front and I watched everybody speak and it was so beautiful. And I just remembered, you know, that's probably something I wouldn't have done, you know, five to 10 years ago. I would have been too shy to go in there alone and just pop my head in and just sit down. But it was such a beautiful way to get out of my comfort zone, even in a small way this time around, because I made some, excuse me, wonderful new connections. And it was so beautiful to see people reading poetry and learning how to be alone is kind of tier two of this as well, not only putting yourselves in new experiences, but I think the underlying part of this as well is getting comfortable alone, getting to know yourself as a solo individual in a new environment so that you can really see what you're made of. So I think that is all I will say. Those are my three secrets to unleashing your potential. Number one, feel it to heal it, light and dark. Number two, develop a growth mindset. Don't be afraid to be wrong. Own it when you are off and be be graceful with yourself as you get back on track. Number three, seek out new experiences and have the willingness to be to be alone so that you can be more powerful when you're in community and partnerships and friendships. You can be more of yourself in those spaces because you know yourself one-on-one. You know what I mean? Okay, my darlings, thank you so much for being here and I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now.